Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. On our Oakwood Hardjulas Talk and Text Line, senior writer for ESPN.com, Chris Lowe. Christopher, great to hear your voice again. Great to have you back here on the Big 870 WWL. Hey, Mike. It's always good to be with you, man. It's always great to... To be in your uh, talking a little football with you, uh, and we go back a ways. It's yeah, hard sure to do. Man, Forty years or thirty some years, yeah, whatever that's it for is. Sure. Um, how surprised were you with Quinshawn Judkins? We had heard maybe some maybe hoof beats that when he didn't say it at his press conference. Yeah, I'm coming back to Ole Miss next year. That that drew my attention, and then I kind of heard through the grapevine that there were a couple other teams that were sniffing and and flashing maybe a little bit of cash in front of him. Man, Ole Miss looks loaded, absolutely loaded for twenty twenty four. Man, he ain't never going to see six men or seven men on the line of scrimmage. Not with that passing attack. It'll be two safety high for air seventy five percent of the time. But he's decided to throw himself into the portal. And my understanding. Uh, a couple of those teams that are interested are a little east of Mississippi, and I'm talking about a little bit east. Yeah, <laughs> I, uh, I I've been. I, I don't think Ole Miss is surprised by any of this. To be honest with you, Mike, I, I think they sort of had seen it coming, and there maybe been some things behind the scenes that um, on his on his part, on Ole Miss's part, that that he may not be back next year. And that's just the world we're in now. Yeah, I mean, as you well know, you know, if a kid gets disgruntled or there's somebody else in the locker room. He's having a hard time getting, you know, getting along with, or, or maybe a coach. You know, maybe what they're doing or what they're not doing. Somebody feels like they're not getting the football enough, for instance. Then you know, the alternative now is, well, everybody's got an attorney. Everybody's got an agent. Hey, look around and see what's out there. You know, what what kind of deal can I get? Is there a better deal? And again, I'm not applying this solely to Quinshawn and Ole Miss, but I think that's a part of what happened here. But, uh, you know, he's, he'll be, there'll be a lot of suitors. You know, you, you don't, not every day you see a kid come to the SEC and run for a thousand as a freshman and a sophomore, the first two years in the league, and he's done that. And, uh, but I also think this, I think when you, when you look at what Lane Kiffin's done, everywhere he's been, he's always been able to run the football, Mike, no yeah. matter who is running back. That's true. Everybody talks about the passing attack, but he has leaned heavily on the run, no matter where he's yeah. been. And it's whether he's had a running quarterback or not, he's always been able to run the football, and I don't think that'll be any different. I mean, now will they have somebody that's as much of a workhorse as Quinshawn was? Now he, he was, you know, he, he started slow. He had some, you know, I think he was had some injuries. Yes, but, he did. Uh, 
they may have, they may do it more with you know by committee, uh, but I think whoever and listen they're they're going to have somebody that's pretty good at all this. But whoever it is, as you pointed out, I mean, they're going to be able to throw the football. You're not going to be able to shadow anybody. You know, Dart uh, is certainly able is certainly capable of adding to that run game. You know, which he did some this year. So, uh, not completely surprised. Nor nor do I, I believe that. Lane Kiffin or Charlie Weiss Jr., the offensive coordinator there, were they surprised when he got down to the fact that, that Quinshaw told him he was uh, he was Baltic? And, and, and I'll say this, you know, retention of players in, in the portal era sometimes is as important as going out and getting the right guys in the portal. I think when it all this all came push to shove, I don't think Lane Kiffin felt like as crazy as it sounded when you looked at his production that this was a guy they just 1,000% had to retain. Thinking about um, Blake here, who's uh, certainly uh, Blake Baker, uh, who was here at Louisiana Tech. Uh, He he was a really good linebacker uh, during his days for the Green Wave and uh, at Tulane. And then he comes back for one season, uh, coached linebackers for Coach O. And – your thoughts, you covering the SEC, what he did with that defense at Missouri last year. They went from 104 to 25 in total defense. Uh, so for people who aren't familiar with Blake, a little bit about him from you having covered him different places and certainly last year and what he was able to do at Missouri. Well, I mean, you're right. Because people, you know, Missouri, it's easy to look at sort of, you know, they had a 3,000-yard passer. Uh, they had a, a – well, fifteen or sixteen hundred yard rusher and straighter, and they had a, a thousand yard receiver. That doesn't happen all the time, you know, especially in the SEC. So, I think that's what most people sort of um, sort of zeroed in on, Mike. But the, the the fact that they were able to play defense the way they did this year and get after people, they were aggressive. And I think that's the thing when you look at what they were able to put together up front in the front seven and come after people. Um, and, and force negative plays, those kind of things. That, to me, is, was as big a storyline in Missouri getting to 11 wins as anything this year. Now, you, you got to score points, and you got to be able to, to move the football. But, uh, you know, when you look at defensively, uh, the way they, uh, they took the ball away from some people, they, they were able to, as I said, they were able to create some negative plays on defense. I'm not surprised at all. Uh, that Brian would come after him, you know, with his tie, giving his ties there, but also do it in the SEC at a place. You know, it's not like Missouri has been a, a defensive juggernaut, <laughs> you know, over the last five, six, seven, eight years, because they haven't. And yet he comes in there and they're able to, uh, to really put it together and play complimentary football. That's the thing I think's lost Mike more than anything now in football and especially in the collegiate ranks is, you know, it's rare anymore that you can be just great on one side of the ball and just be average on the other and be a, t- a team that's going to you know, win 10-plus games. You've got to be able to play complementary football and sort of you know, play, play to each other's strengths and weaknesses. And I think bringing Blake in there and playing defense the way they did this year at Missouri was a big part of, of what they were able to accomplish. And, and Eli Drinkwitz will tell you the same thing. Your, your thoughts on uh, – I wanted to ask you this the last time we had you on and we kind of ran out of time, but your thoughts on, on how well you think Texas, Oklahoma will do hitting the SEC? I think they'll do well. I don't, I don't think it's going to be – I think they're going to – how do I say this diplomatically? It, it ain't going to be like it was 
in the Big 12, there. right? <laughs> the grind, the grind is what gets you in the SEC. You know that it's it's not okay. Big game, okay, we're okay this week. The next week, yeah, if we play a B minus game, we can win. There are very few stretches like that in the SEC. Very few. Uh, the places you go, everywhere you go, uh, it's a tough place to play. The venue, all those places, especially now in the poor world, are, are going to load up and bring in guys that are ready to play and, and you know, have experience. So I think it will be a little bit of a lightning for them. Um, I'm not saying they won't compete because I think they will. Both of those schools have, have played for, been in the championship contention playoff. Uh, you know, Oklahoma's been several. Of course, Texas gets in this year. Uh, so I, it, it, it's going to make a just a juggernaut of a conference that much more difficult. And when you go and look at the schedule next year across the league, uh, there are some just killer stretches, Mike. I mean, teams, you look at three or four or five weeks a game, and you just, you know, you, you wipe your brow. You're like, man, how do you get through that? And I think that's the biggest adjustment that Oklahoma and, and Texas are going to have to make in the SEC is you're going to have those three, four-week stretches where there just is, there's just no, um, no relief at all. And if you have one bad week, you know, one bad week can lead two bad weeks. And all of a sudden, if you're looking at a two-game losing streak in that league, which is going to be easier to do no matter who you are. I mean, look at Alabama this year. Look, look how close they were to just having like all unravel early in the season. They lose to Texas. Now, granted, that's a non-conference game. Uh, they went completely belly up on offensively the next week to, to South Florida. And they come back, and it's, you know, first half against Ole Miss, they were horrible. You know, they're able to sort of gut it out in the second half. You know, if you don't play well and you get into a stretch where you have a couple games like that, then then you're looking at at a three, four, five loss season in a hurry. And that's sort of what, to me, is what's fascinating about Oklahoma and Texas coming in is there are going to be a lot more teams, Mike, with three or four losses in that league that maybe aren't used to losing three or four games. Chris, 2024, no more divisions in the SEC, and obviously bringing in OU and Texas, you kind of hinted a little bit at it. This goes back to, I think, last June or whatever, that they decided that they're going to, they voted on it, they're sticking with an eight-game conference schedule. But how long do you think it's going to take for them to realistically get to a nine-game SEC slate uh, and move on from that eight-game uh, schedule? Tell them, Chris, when they start paying them more so from the networks. I mean, I feel like it's it's, it's more like an inevitability. It's more rather than when, rather than if. Like, it's going to get to nine games at some point. It's just we don't know when just yet. When the cash register rings again. I, I think when my company ponies up and Annie's up uh, a little bit more, whenever that is next year or the year after, you're going to see it. It's going to be good, right? It's going to go to nine games. There's, there's too much money being left on the table now for it not to go to nine games. Because when it goes to nine games, think about all the different games you're going to have. You're going to have so many more quality football games. Uh, well, if you have nine SEC games, and, and networks, you know, are going to be willing to pay for that. And I, I think that you look at the, the sport this year, and the, the TV ratings, and how many people watched. You know, if you add every week. Or let's say you take one week and you add another week of SEC games. Let's say Auburn and Florida are playing, for instance. For instance, well, all of a sudden they're going to play, or Tennessee and Auburn are going to play, or you know, or LSU and Oklahoma are going to play, where well, they would not have played in an eight-game schedule. All that does is, is just make the league that much more attractive for TV networks to pony up the money. Now, I do believe that 
with the Golden Knight games, you know, you're not going to see two non marquee non conference games. You're going to see one. You know, LSU is going to play Florida State. You know, Alabama is going to play Penn State or something like that, and then you'll have the ten good games. But uh, I, I think it's I, mean, I think it's going to be more representative of the conference too. You're going to have more teams playing each other and not having you know as long a break when you don't play. I understand that they're already looking at that and trying to make sure with this new model, whenever they decide to finally vote on it, that every, the way it's explained to me is that every, if you play for four years, so if, if Mike the TA plays for four years at LSU, then he's going to have a chance to play every school at home and every school on the road in the league, which is the way it should be. Because right now, this is the example that's always used, A&M came into the league in 2012. Georgia's never played a football game at Kyle Field, ever, since 2012. To me, that's just not very representative of what a conference is supposed to be. Your thoughts on uh, what you saw from Garrett Nussmeyer in in the bowl game against Wisconsin. Garrett has patiently waited, um, and you understand who he was behind, who was one of the most unique players ever at LSU. And when you watch Jaden Daniels, not only was he a great downfield passer, but how he could run the football. He scared the bejesus out of you every time he took off running downfield because he was like a track sprinter. Uh, but Garrett's not that type player. Uh, he's more of a dink and dunk guy, uh, but he's smart. He's accurate. And what he showed down by two touchdowns to lead this team back uh, showed a lot of chutzpah in him. Well, and I think that's – you said it, man. You, they're going to have to play – and you just said this about most quarterbacks, but, Mike, how they play around it. You know, what what type of pieces do they bring in? How do those guys play around him? How they develop? How do they protect him? You know, he's not a guy who's going to run around for 100 yards, you know, like a Jaden Daniels. He's not a guy necessarily would – you know, he's not your quintessential breakdown quarterback. You know, so you've got to build, I think, they will call plays, you know, that work, you know, and the things that he can do, the things that, that, that he does best, but he's smart. And I think the fact that he played the way he did in the clutch in a bowl game, and everybody says, well, bowl games don't mean anything. You know, see, I think that, I don't believe that. I, I don't believe like, any of that. Yeah. I think for a guy like him especially, he's getting his shot to show what he can do on that stage, that absolutely carries over to the offseason and the spring practice, the offseason workouts, and the preseason camp. Because now all the guys around him say, hey, look, look at what he did. We're bat, we're down. You know, we're, we're, it's not looking too good for us. He steps in, gets it done when he has to. We win a football game. Uh, I, uh, I think that absolutely is a good omen for him and the rest of the team. You know, it's not every time. It's rare that you have a Jaden Daniels that can make – something out of nothing, which he did over and over again for LSU. And you know what? It helps when you have the two guys, the two cats you had on the outside, too, playing receiver. You're damn right. You know, and, you know, and he's not going to – you know, this is not going to have that. So, you know, they, that's why I say they're going to have to do it different ways. And I think the big thing is protecting and giving him a chance to do what he does. I, I like the fact that, you know, in this day of, of guys moving around, and that's, again, just the way it is. But – there's a lot of stories out there of kids who sort of waited their turn, especially a quarterback. There's only one ball, there's only one quarterback. You don't have, you know, four DB. It's not like you have four DBs, you got three linebackers. He sort of hung around, waited his shot, and now he gets it. And I think a lot of times when you do that, um, 
good things happen to you. You know, Jalen Miller's for the example that in Alabama. You know, they, they went and brought in a kid last year, Mike, after spring practice, a kid from Notre Dame, who yep. was going back to Notre Dame to play lacrosse. Well, Milrow hangs around, look at the kind of year he had. So when you are not afraid of competition and you're not afraid to step up and say, hey, I still believe in myself, that's the kind of kid you won't play for you at quarterback. And, boy, at times he really flashed it. Uh, but, uh, man, other times he didn't show a lot of patience in that pocket. But, uh, man, he impressed me uh, at different times that he looked a little bit like what Jaden Daniels did a year ago. He was flinging it on that 98-yard drive. Uh, uh, he yeah, was – he was he, Yeah, Milro was the big surprise uh, for me in the SEC this year. I don't think anybody thought, uh, Chris, he could play this good. I'm not talking about no. against Michigan, but I'm talking about against SEC teams. I don't think anybody thought Jalen Milrow would play this good. No, I don't. I don't think anybody in that offensive staff room did either. Back in August, you know, not that they, you know, had given up on it, but I don't think they saw him improving and progressing the way he did. But again, there's a lot to be said for believing in yourself and, yep. and not being afraid of competition. And I, I think what happened to him is this is the first time he'd ever been through having to wait a month to play a football game, the biggest football game you're going to play all year long. And some kids adjust to that. He never had to do that before because he was a first-year starter. And I think, Mike, you could tell in the game that he was not as crisp. No, he wasn't. And not as in sync as he was to end the season when they played Georgia. Uh, Barry Switzer told me this years ago, uh, we did a pregame with Buddy Diliberto and I, LSU, Oklahoma, for the national championship. He said, the team you see in late November and late de- and early December, you never see them again. They either get better or they got worse. To be honest with you, I think Alabama, they were not the same team we saw in the season. Chris, thanks so much for joining us, buddy. Always appreciate your insights, and uh, God bless, and uh, Happy New Year for 2024. Right back at you, Mike. You guys have a great night. Thank you, buddy. That was Chris Lowe, senior writer for ESPN.com. You also see him on the pregame shows for ESPN. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.